We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. Number one on what's trending, Patrick Mahomes been named the Chiefs nominee for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. Of course, one of the most prestigious awards you can win as an NFL player. Each team has a nominee. The winner of that will be announced. The same uh, NFL Honors Awards show that perhaps he could be named NFL MVP. Although I'll tell you, could there's a there's kind of a new uh, I want to say push, but conversation in the betting world about. Perhaps this year, now with it tightening up with the MVP where Jalen Hurts is tightening up, that perhaps we could actually see Jalen Hurts MVP, Mahomes Offensive Player of the Year, because the people are looking at it as Hurts might win MVP, but Mahomes statistically might break so many damn records that it's kind of like, wait, you're not going like, to win anything? And so where we could actually have a double quarterback. I tend to think as that somebody won't who has happen. money on Tyreek Hill for offensive uh, player of the year. I would not like as that. someone that has money on Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson. I'm with you, but that's kind of, that, that is definitely a conversation that's been going on the last 24 hours or so kind of in the betting community. We'll talk about on that betting show Thursday night that could we see a split where one quarterback hurts is the MVP. The other Mahomes is offensive player of the year. I wouldn't like that from a betting perspective. I think the one thing that should be dinging hurts, obviously statistically he's great. And he's got the number one record in the NFL. Plays in a terrible conference. Wretched. Oh. Plays in a decent division. Terrible conference. Next up on Watch Training, the Tennessee Titans have parted ways with their general manager, John Robinson, in a surprise move about an hour ago. Teams saying that they appreciate the services he gave to the team and no extra stories coming out of this. I can't believe, because if nothing else comes out about this, then you really do have to be led to believe that he's being fired over the A.J. Brown decision. But why fire him in season two days after the game? As if as if ownership didn't think that the trade, A.J. Brown like, was already really good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I just I, I don't believe that that like now is that part of the part of the reasoning? Maybe a long, long line of things that maybe were a problem that we don't even know about. But to say like the reason he was fired was because the A.J. Brown trade just seems pretty crazy. If nothing else comes out. I got to be honest. I'm going to think that that was the nail in his coffin. Whether there were other Maybe problems the that they didn't see go. an agreement with, because there had to have been other disagreements. But again, it couldn't simply just be you made one bad trade and we moved on. They've won nine-plus games every single year. He's been the general manager. They've saying. been to an AFC title game, and they've done that without an elite quarterback. That's what I'm saying. I just don't think it's it was it was the sole reason. Also, what it happened two days after they played A.J. Brown. So what, if, if, if his team would have held A.J. Brown to 50 yards, he wouldn't have lost his job. You know what I mean? Like, it's just stupid. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to keep you on as GM to go so you can witness what A.J. Brown can do against us. Like, no, what? Look at it. Like, Look what? at your mistake. It just doesn't make much sense. You know what, though? Sense, Sometimes man. the NFL doesn't make sense because <laughs> why let John Dorsey draft an entire team if you're getting ready to fire him? And an NFL team, the Kansas you know, City though, Chiefs, did that once. You know, but that, that actually is weird. So we know in the scouting world, that happens all the time where the team will draft players and then the next day and week they will fire the entire scouting department like that 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 is something that happens every you'll see it again i guarantee like that's not usually the general no, manager but that whole scouting stuff is just a little bit different anyway next up on what's trending local college basketball uh k-state in action tonight right here on 610 sports radio seven o'clock they are hosting abilene christian uh as far as ku and mu they actually next game will be against each other 
Doesn't feel like it. Saturday. All the talk has been about the bowl game and the ducking and all that. But they're going to play in basketball. That's that's something that is actually happening in basketball Saturday in Columbia. Next up on Watch Training, the Royals avoid arbitration with Adalberto Mondesi. We'll be back with the Royals in 2023. His contract, according to Lynn Worthy of the Kansas City Star, around $3 million. Really, this comes down to very simple things for me. He can have a role in this team. I don't have any problem with Mondesi having a role. I still think he has talent. He's just no longer and should no longer be guaranteed his spot. Yep. Right? Simple as that. It you really don't is. get your spot. You have to find a time to play like other players find a time to play. We might use you two or three days a week. If a major injury occurs on the infield, you might see a lot more time than that. But to start, you got to find your spots to play is how I would handle Adalberto Mondesi, a utility infielder for $3 million. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't be upset that they're bringing him back. I mean, no. as, long as, as long as his role is very honestly insignificant <laughs> that you're, you're just not relying on his services and if he wants to get some playing time every once in a while or someone else does get hurt and you can plug him in for that 15 day or 10 day il whatever it is uh then sure okay that's great nice great guy to have coming off the bench great uh, pinch runner all that stuff great but as far as in the starting lineup nope don't need that whatsoever and i i'm actually think that they're willing to not do that as well uh, next up on what's trending, we know Baker Mayfield yesterday uh, asked for his release by the Panthers. He did receive that. Now a couple reports, including from Mike Florio, uh, that the Rams are looking at maybe claiming Baker Mayfield. We know their quarterback situation's a mess, looking more and more like Matthew Stafford may not play. Uh, or he's not. He's actually didn't they put him on IR? He's not going to play the rest of the season. Uh, and so it's Wolford and Bryce Perkins. So maybe Baker Mayfield could land with the L.A. Rams. I wonder if multiple players on the Rams might retire this offseason. Like Stafford and Aaron Donald. Just hang them up. Especially if Sean McVay does say, you know what? I'll go make some money as a broadcaster. Then I'll They'd be the whole team just in. like, we quit. And, by this the way, sucks. they would immediately yeah. be yeah. the worst team in the NFL. They have a top that. five pick. They're so already go, one of the worst. Top five picks. So go dra- have Matthew Stafford Wait, do retire. They? Did they actually have a first round pick? No, this year? they traded their oh, that's, first that's round right. pick. That's right. They don't have any draft picks. What am I talking about? They don't have any draft picks. That's them picks, man. That's right. They they don't have any draft picks. They so were certain everything. Yeah, Les Snead's the one that's going to be left behind, right? Everybody else is going to leave, and Snead is going to be the GM left behind. It's not like the Rapture. Oh, like man. every t- every player just leaves. Who has the Rams? The top Lions. Five pick? The Lions for the Stafford trade. That's right. My goodness. So the Lions, who have actually won four or five games this year, so they'll have like a top 15 pick and then a top five pick. Not bad. Not bad for the Detroit Lions. That's what's trending here on Cody and Gold. Of course, as we've mentioned a couple times, the toy drive coming up a week from tonight at Jefferson's in North KC. And now we've determined because uh, Cody lost the Justin Watson bet. I said, all right, fine. I went with the compromise. Week 14, didn't even get that you can, uh, you can You can wear the Santa costume the entire night. And then you're, and you're considering whether or not we should make Nick the Nutcracker? And as a stipulation, as a part of that deal, you need to put on as much weight as you possibly can between now and yeah, next again, Tuesday. Yeah, again, the board, I mentioned this yesterday. Erase, to clean it off and start gaining weight. How much could you gain in a week? <laughs> Did you eat nothing but gravy and biscuits and sausage? <laughs> Roast beef. Awful. Roast beef, yeah. Au jus, just cheese, all just of it. Cheese. You're eating at least five bites of cheese per hour. Per hour? Yes. And it needs to be fried. Just mozzarella sticks. <laughs> What if you just ate nothing but mozzarella sticks <laughs> dipped, in, dipped in sausage gravy? Sounds so gross. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, 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 it does. So awful. Could you put 20 pounds on in a week? No way. No. No way. No chance. He could gain eight pounds. 
Yeah, I mean, I probably gained that, but I mean, I can't put 20 pounds. That's just insane. I'd have to work to put on. I mean, it'd be work to put on the eight. <laughs> he, would, uh, he wouldn't be able to talk on the. He would. He would be just stuck for four hours. We're just gonna. We're gonna bring in a nothing but the cheeses we're, I could list. We're going to have just different people every 10 minutes bring in a different dish for four hours a day for a week, and you're just gonna have to keep eating food nonstop. Would you do it for content? No. <laughs> no. You wouldn't sacrifice your body for content. No, Gold for- did. Gold did last year before the Bills game. He jumped through a table. That's sacrificing yeah, like his body it, for it, content. It hasn't been. A, I guess it has been. I lost all the weight for content. Now I got to put it back on for that more content. That wasn't for content. That was for health. It was both. It became content as well. And that board as evidenced by the board. That board needs to be erased, and we're going to start tracking your weight going upwards. <laughs> <laughs> Try to get me in Santa shape before. Yeah, man. The toy drive on has Tuesday. Has to happen. Uh, Justin Reed has not deleted his tweet. We keep checking because we're wondering if it will happen. I, more and more, it stays up there. You wonder if it's ever going to be deleted. So Justin Reed, we all know the story last week, made the comments saying he was going to lock down Hayden Hurst or Higby or whoever he could name uh, in that cut. We heard from Andy Reed on Friday. He was not pleased. He said, we don't do that here. We don't make comments like that, basically. Uh, and then we all know the result on Sunday where the Chiefs lost. And Hayden Hurst actually had three targets, two catches before being knocked out of the game with an injury. So you're thinking, okay, you're just going to move on, Justin. You apologize after the game. All right, whatever. Just move on. Be done with it publicly. Hopefully you get him the next time kind of thing. He tweeted out around 8 o'clock this morning, unpopular opinion. We lost, but I was still right. Cry about it. Like, no, but you, but you weren't. And it's just a bad look, man. I I'm I really am stunned. Don't cry about it. Bro. I'm still stunned. I did, this is the one player, honestly, one of maybe five players at the beginning of the season. If you would have told me there'd be a player that would publicly talk trash and then also maybe not realize that you, you probably shouldn't keep trying to to talk it or back it up on Twitter. Not after you lost, after you lost, he would not have been anywhere near the top of the list. Anywhere near the top of the list <laughs> at all, whatsoever. I guess I kind of thought when Matthew was gone that the whole. Let's send out tweets yeah. angry at everybody, thus annoying the Chiefs part of it was done. Yeah, it's and it's clear. And what's funny is, I actually think you can make a legitimate argument that if you could go back in time, because they were given nearly identical deals, if you could go back time to this offseason, you were deciding who to pay. I think you can make a strong argument that Tyron Matthew would still be that player for one reason alone: he still occasionally gets the football. Like, I know that he doesn't do it the same, but he's got two interceptions this year. Justin Reed has zero. Justin Reed was not signed thinking he was a big interception guy, but they really lack that as a team. The ability to get the football is something they're not good at. And Justin Reed just looks, he looks bad here for no reason. There was no reason to make yourself look bad. You said the thing, you lost. He, in the post game, Kind of like semi walks some of it back. Yeah, he apologized. Apologized. Which was odd, by the way. I've never really seen a player do do that. Only what? To stew on it Sunday night into Monday morning? Crack open the phone for Twitter at 8 a.m. to fire off the, you know what? I was right after that. Go cry about it. Tweet. It just, it's a bad look across all the board, especially for, for the biggest reason being, Andy just told you not to. He doesn't like this. And that guy matters more in this building than anyone other than Patrick Mahomes. So I'd probably heed his advice. Yeah, clearly it's something that's driving him crazy and bugging him. Talking about Justin Reed, like clearly. And I think it is 
probably easier said than done, but I don't know how, how, how you do this. Everybody else, for the most part, this year on this team has been able to. But clearly it's something that, that is frustrating and that it, it continues to bug him. How do you refrain from going back on Twitter with it? That's the, that's the, that's the thing. That's tough for anybody. I, I think like we all get in saying. fights with people on Twitter or the text line or what whatever. I think it's easier said than done, right? I mean, so I, I, that probably has to be extremely difficult based off of his mentions had to have been an absolute disaster for the last 72 hours, really going back to even before the game. Cause people in Cincinnati were in his mentions before the game. And then after the game, everybody was in his mentions for the most part. And then today he's not even getting much support from, from chiefs fans. Cause chiefs fans are like, we just lost man. Like it doesn't, why are you even trying to claim that you, you backed up what you said you like- were going to do. Hayden Hurst did not get locked down by you, man. He, he didn't, he got hurt. In the first quarter, he had three targets. And they didn't get locked down. They went for 75% completion and scored more points than you and 423 yards. Like, it doesn't... You play part of a unit. Even if you yourself had a good game, the one thing that we generally kind of agree on in sports leadership is don't bury the other guys. Because imagine when it's you that plays poorly. Mahomes could have the best game of his life and the defense could get up and he would never step on that podium and say, well, those guys stunk and I was right. I'm great. Even if he was talking trash leading up to the game, you just don't do it. He was pitched this entire off season as the le- as the new leader of the chiefs defense. In my opinion, I think they kind of signed him to be that because they consistently never really pitched. Chris Jones is that guy there. So you were down to Justin Reed and Nick Bolton. We had this conversation. We had the whole green dot conversation and Justin Reed was a part of this conversation of who are the leaders on the defense. This is not a leader move. Just don't say anything. You can think it. No one's saying you can't think I was right. I locked him down, have that kind of confidence, but you can't just take to Twitter at 8 a.m. to say it. It's unnecessary. Yeah. It's just not smart. I, I, I still have no issue with what he said last week. I, that I understand that's an Andy Reed like policy. Like he should have known, but up on Sunday. And, that, and so you have to live with that. You have to move on and live with that. But that's why the tweet makes no that's sense. That's the problem. Today. It's like he can't yeah. move on. That's the problem. I think it's tough. I, I, last week, though, his initial comments, I I have no problem with that. Now, that's the team's philosophy that they don't want the players doing that. Then they need to know that and not do it. But uh, yeah, from, Zach Taylor I, that, didn't have a problem with his players. Yeah, doing like, it. I, I don't I don't mind the trash talk before the game. That doesn't bug me whatsoever. But when you the repercussions of not backing it up are people are going to go after you and it's probably going to be a tough pill to swallow. And I'm sure that's the spot that he's in. But yeah, probably an unnecessary, just say the least. But that's tweet. it. It's so like you, you, you have to sports, professional sports kind of require you to have a very short memory. We don't have a short memory. We'll come back and go back to things to week two or three, whatever, four or five. But you're the Chiefs, man. Everybody's coming after you every single week. I know you got a joke of an opponent this week. The Broncos are a joke here, but they're also a divisional opponent, which you know matters to Andy Reid. He'd prefer you didn't talk trash. And the fact, you know what it is? When I see things like, Mitchell Schwartz, who played for Andy Reid, say things like, God, if at 8 a.m. you were either on your way to the facility or you were already in the facility, and then you're still choosing to be having those, he's like, they're going to be angry at him. Yeah, a little bit. To me, uh, that stands out. A little bit of Chiefs news just coming out uh, from actually the agent of a Chiefs player directly, unrelated to Justin Reed, but uh, the Chiefs have uh, released Taylor Stallworth. That's from his agent directly, veteran defensive tackle for the Chiefs. Of course, he was actually the uh, defensive tackle that penalty. got called for the, the rough in the passer uh, penalty. Uh, so 
I don't know what the, the corresponding move is or anything like that, but uh, that is Maybe you got directly Danny from, from the source. He has been on the practice squad all year. Uh, that is directly from his agent. So Taylor Stallworth, no longer part of the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I, I know. Just, gonna, yeah. You know, it's like. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Uh, guys, do you think this has Super Bowl impact? I got you. Yeah. No, I mean, it's fine. Definitely report on it. There's nothing wrong with that. I was just like. I was trying to decide for a second if there was like yeah, a big I mean, takeaway like, yeah. for Taylor Stallworth no. not on the defensive line, and the answer is no. No, probably more important to the Chiefs and the NFL is that Adam Schefter saying one to three weeks for quarterback Lamar Jackson. He suffered a sprained PCL against the Broncos. He said one to three weeks is the most likely time. Uh, John Harbaugh says he's less likely to play against the Steelers this week. The reason why that matters is Cincinnati and who these other teams play. Baltimore, the second Lamar Jackson went down. We weren't taking them serious for the one seed anymore, were we? Like, it still feels like it's kind of Chiefs, Bills more than anything else. But I, you know, I can't rule out Cincinnati because they still have the Bills and have beaten the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't. So there's no question you're not as dynamic when you don't have Lamar Jackson. And and one to three weeks is is important to know, too, because he could actually only miss one game. Right. I mean, that is is a real scenario based off of what, what he's reporting. I do think not that Hunley is is Lamar Jackson, but. We have actually seen him win games for that franchise as their starting quarterback. I don't think it's an automatic like situation where the Rams had Bryce Perkins, their third string. We're like, you're not winning any games with that guy. Just not going to happen. They can win. They, they just did win a game actually against a really good defense, barely against Denver. Like, I, I think he could we, he could beat the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday as their backup quarterback. This is actually a perfect time. Let's get to all 32 brought to you by Anthony Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electric. Because I was going to talk about Lamar anyway. Because of the injury... His offseason is super interesting because if he had just stayed healthy, Gold, and they made the playoffs again and they won the division again, I don't think they could have ever talked themselves out of not paying Lamar Jackson. That one little crack in the armor that you've been waiting for for years or other people have been waiting for, which is he's a running quarterback of not Josh Allen size build. Will injuries eventually become an issue for his ability to run? That's the one thing where I think Baltimore might still talk themselves out of this. I think there'd be no shortage of suitors of teams yeah. who would be willing to sign Lamar Jackson, but we see this sometimes with this kind of quarterback. I think Baltimore has shown their cards. They've they've shown a willingness to maybe not sign Lamar. I think it would be a foolish mistake to try to restart at that position, but the injury puts a whole nother to me question mark on his upcoming offseason. If they miss the playoffs, you're saying, or just the injury? Because let's, let's be important. The PCL injury, it's not like this is a devastating no, career No, but it's injury. like, it's like showing he can be hurt running, you know? It just like it adds that little bit of doubt in the Ravens' brain in my mind. I don't even know. Did the injury occur when he was running? I honestly don't know. Or did it occur just when he was in the pocket? Nobody I, ca- you know what I'm saying? It, I don't know, but nobody cares. Teams don't no, care. I mean, yeah. I, well, because it's just like he's more sustainable. He was in the pocket. He was in the pocket. He was in the pocket. Bigger chance of being hurt because he runs around all the time. And now he's gotten a knee injury before. A mild one at that, but still. Yeah. I don't know if it, Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely part of the conversation yep. around him. I, I guess I don't I don't think that, let's say he misses two weeks, that that's going to change the, the chance of a long-term. You know, deal. it's wild. 11, only 11 teams in the NFL this year have had the same starter that started and ended every game. That's it. A third of the NFL. Every other team is at some point had to either start a game or end a game with a different quarterback. We talk about the importance of like having the backup and also a backup that can somewhat you do the same type of things as your starting quarterback. It just puts puts more and more emphasis on that. Now I think now now more than ever, no doubt. Uh, for all thirty-two, like I think you're thinking of injuries, man. We're talking about Lamar Jackson. How about faking injuries? He's got a real injury. Faking yeah. injuries has always gone on in the NFL. It's not unheard of that we've always heard the stories of 
players in the past mentioning in their playing days that maybe there was a time where, you know, to, to slow down a drive or whatever, there was an injury being faked or whatever it may be. We saw it play out in the Chiefs game against Cincinnati where the Chiefs were driving. They were inside, I think, the five-yard line, whatever it was at that point in time. And Jesse Bates, corner for Cincinnati, all of a sudden just had like a hamstring a or something. Yeah. It's the Bengals' safety, Jesse Bates, who's just now getting to his feet. And uh, you see Coach Taylor came all the way out to make sure everything was all right. Oh, look at this. Watch. They're substituting, and they're late. Bates, go down. Go down. Go down. <laughs> oh, oh, I got a uh, cramp. Oh, all ooh, of a ah. sudden. Ew, ooh, that one really hurt. Ah, oh, let me get off. Okay. You got it. You got it. That was You, you, you got to carry out the fake though, all the way to the sideline, don't you? Yeah, you do. I you mean, gotta that, hobble a little that, bit. That should still be kind of in play. Yeah. If you're gonna just Your stride to the sideline without a limp at all, here's a first and goal. It was so obvious. The NFL actually sent out a warning to all 32 teams over the weekend that they are prepared to quote drop the hammer on any team that stops play unnecessarily, which certainly is what Jesse Bates. He even was, fake limped off bad. the field. It was bad. Clubs and individuals determined to be in violation of this rule, which how on earth can you not determine that that's exactly what Bates was, could include a minimum fine of $350,000 for the club, 100000 for the head coach, minimum fine for fifty k for assistant coaches, fifty k minimum fine for the player. So they're prepared to, to hit people in the pocketbook because, of course, it's not just the Dude, player driven. Fighting the assistant coach seems so well, unnecessary. No, but you know what? It's not. Give a, me fifty k. You're it, like, why? Because that guy like fell down. I didn't do that. Yeah, but it's not something that Jesse Bates does on his own. It's it, there. There's there's coaching element to this. They're coached to do this in some circumstances. That's head why coach, fine. Team, get it. Bates, yeah. I just felt like assistant coach felt like we were taking it like. One half step too far. As is customary during all 32, Cody and Gold turns into doom and gloom, always finding the negatives around the league. But not me, guys. Oh, so not me. So you were I, good with Jesse Bates. Allow me to be a ray of sunshine during this thunderstorm of a segment. The <laughs> Oakland, Ra the Las Vegas there Raiders. There you go. Get the team right. Have now won three consecutive oh, yeah, games. In, in Kansas wow. City, Chiefs fans really want to hear how great so the Raiders are up. doing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really exciting, It's all everybody. 32. It's all 32. Uh -huh. Or the other 31, okay? This isn't about Kansas <laughs> City right now. This is about the NFL, the league, the shield. All right, we're protecting the shield here, and the Raiders... I was trying to protect the shield, too. Are you? But you talk, Talking about faking injuries, man. We got to protect the shield. We can't have that going on. <laughs> The Raiders are now five and seven, so three-game winning streak still has them sitting two games below 500. But in the AFC playoff picture, they're only two games out of the seventh seed, which is the New York Jets sitting there at seven and five. It's not the easiest schedule remaining, but you look at these last five games for the Raiders. They have the Rams, the Patriots, the Steelers. Their next three. Those are winnable. And then they finish up uh, with the Niners and Chiefs. So, not going to be the yeah. easiest finish of the season, but Get in, uh, I don't know who is Niners team because it's Brock Purdy. Uh, right, outside of the top six, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Ravens, Titans, Bengals, Dolphins. I don't really believe in the Jets, Patriots, or Chargers any more than I do the Raiders right now. It wouldn't shock me whatsoever if by the end of the season they are firmly in the mix for the seventh seed in the AFC. After all this, the Raiders are going to be the second best it's team in the AFC West. Here's the here's the Chargers uh, still currently. The are, problem with the Raiders is only this that everything you said about their path makes sense. 
but it's the damn Raiders. And so it's like when, it, when you start to buy in a little bit and you're like, oh, you know what? Okay, they could do this. Then they're going to just go lay an egg this weekend. I, you know what I mean? I like, think you're probably right. But again, they lost the, the Colts Chargers do the ago. exact same thing that you're talking about. Uh, and then we're yeah. talking about the Patriots and the Jets. I don't believe in any of those teams more than I do the Raiders. Someone's got to be the same. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. I got to be honest, man. I know that they've won three games in a row and they're playing better. I cannot take any team seriously that lost three games in a row to New Orleans, Jacksonville, and the Colts. I refuse to think that's a playoff team. That, that's impossible. I think statistically you can't uh, lose to those three teams in a row and still make the playoffs. I don't know that it's possible. I'm glad you brought up the Jags. I'm sure it is possible, glad, by the way. I'm glad you brought up the Jags. Has there is there one team that fans slash just like NFL analytic guys or writers want to really believe is actually good more than the Jacksonville Jaguars? Like Trevor Lawrence, la- Lawrence. Trevor yeah. Lawrence last week, a week ago, had that great game winning drive against the Ravens. Everybody's like, here we go. Best moment of his career, which it was. Here we go. And then what do they do? They got their ass kicked by the Jacksonville Jaguars they got, early in the, the season. Lions. They got killed by the Lions. Yeah. yeah. Then first two weeks of the season, Jags look kind of good. Oh, they're gonna, they got, they're gonna actually maybe win this division. Nobody, wa- no team do people want to actually believe is on the right path and doing good than the Doug Peterson-led Jacksonville Jaguars. It's unbelievable to me. They're not any good. They still suck. Well, I think they're it's a lot just better than they were with Meyer. Yeah, and it's just, oh, that, oh yeah, that's a high bar, man. That's well, a- I mean that that matters too. And Trent Balky did build this roster, so we know about his roster construction. I think more than anything, it's the idea that you have some belief that Trevor Lawrence can be your franchise quarterback. And for anybody who wants to say that they're not ready to go there with them, then I would ask you, then why are you ready to go there with Justin Fields, who is actually on a worse team than the Jaguars this year? Yeah, but nobody's saying, here come the, ba- here come the Bears, man. Here I don't feel go. like people are saying, here come the Jags. Dude, you, you did it. Yes. I said, here comes Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Week three and four, we were having conversations that yeah, they were going to win that division. Look out. Here they go. We, we literally did that, man. Speaking of here comes the Jags. Do you yeah. know the words to Here Comes Santa Claus? Are you just trying to change the subject? <laughs> That's what that sounded like right there. No. That's All right, I'll start and you finish it. Here Comes Santa Claus. I don't Santa have anything Claus. else Here to say. Here Comes Santa Claus. Coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> That's not part of it? Uh, right down uh, Santa Claus Lane. It's a very simple song. <laughs> a very, very simple song. Not, not a lyricist's dream. Huh. Up next. The same spot this player was in a year ago is going to happen again. We'll tell you who it is and why next. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on Cody and Gold, Alice Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwartz with you. Nate Taylor from The Athletic in studio in 25 minutes. Certainly going to get his perspective and thoughts on 
Justin Reed, and also heading into the Denver Broncos game and just, of course, there's not the buzz of a divisional game normally because of the Broncos, but like what is a reasonable bench line, uh, I, I think, for Win by this 20. game? Yeah. Win by 20. 20 points. That's, that's a lot of points in the NFL. 20. That defense, is, that defense is pretty good. They can't score, but that defense is good. Fine, because their defense is good. Win by 17. The Chiefs, by the way, are nine and a half point or nine point favorites, I think, at last, at last check. So there's plenty to get into with, with Nate Taylor. Something that we did talk about with him last week, Cody, uh, was Orlando Brown Jr. Because uh, right now, pro football focus, as you pointed out earlier, most pressures allowed, it's the Chiefs left and the right tackle. <laughs> it is Orlando Brown and it is Andrew Wiley. And we know the Chiefs right now would be drafting 29th overall. We know that they're going to have to make some decisions financially with Chris Jones, with Juju Smith-Schuster, at bare minimum. And last year in the offseason, it was all, are you going to tag Orlando Brown Jr.? Are you going to give him the contract he wants? We know they chose to tag him, and he played on the tag. He's playing on the tag. They offered him a six-year, $144 million deal, and I understand that it was more like a 4-4. And I understood why he declined it. I understood why the Chiefs wouldn't get to the number he wanted. And we're now seeing his performance this year not improve from what you thought maybe was some progress on the back end of last season. Like, Oh, he got better as the season went last year. So maybe he can, can carry that over. You haven't seen the improvement whatsoever. He's been an average tackle in football, but because of the free agent pool slash draft, I think we could be sitting here again in March and April talking about, Oh, they tagged him or they're going to tag him, Cody. And he might be playing on the tag again next year. Like he's not going to get the deal he wants because the play certainly, if he could go back, would he sign that deal? I would if I were him. I'm just asking just if he would. Yeah, that's exactly, because he that's obviously it. has supreme See, confidence that, in his ability. Because that's it, Cody. You said it. Like that. Yes, the answer should be yes. But he he's a little different. He's a little bit different in his beliefs from the beginning. The whole agent issue that existed for times and all of the stuff in between made it seem like this deal was always going to be harder than it needed to be. They have a tackle problem. Remember earlier in the show when we had said. You know, we just wanted to feel like when you get to this point of the year that the wide receivers are not going to be the reason that it cost you uh, the Super Bowl. The tackles could. The tackles could cost you a Super Bowl. They are number one and number two in pressures allowed in the NFL this season. Their two tackles. Amongst every single left and right tackle, Wiley gives up the second most and Orlando Brown Jr. gives up the first. And honestly, the Orlando Brown one is far more egregious because he is highly paid. Like, I, I, at least with Andrew Wiley, right? You reap what you sow. You get what you pay for, right? All of those things exist, and it kind of makes sense. But with Orlando Brown Jr., I kind of thought what would happen this year would what happened last year. He would eventually turn the corner and turn into a above-average left tackle, which is instead he is, I think if you're being generous, an average left tackle. I think you can make an argument for below, but yeah. let's just call him in – an average. I think that's probably a fair ranking, but I don't think that you can say above average even if you're trying to be generous towards what Orlando Brown Jr. has done this year. It could cost him a game. It could. There there are only a handful of things that I think could actually cost the Chiefs a game in the playoffs that prevents them from winning another Super Bowl. Obviously, I think that one is the tackles. I think the turnovers, which we have previously discussed, are certainly on that list, and their general inability to get a pass rush during certain portions. Not that they haven't had it at any point, but at least in some of the big games, including the Bills in Cincinnati, their inability to do so. But I I fear this is the thing you're talking about. I don't think they should give Orlando Brown the contract. I don't think there are any circumstances 
that would lead me to think that giving him a contract moving forward now is a good idea. Which is why I would rather yeah. take my chances. You're like, what's it cost for a free agent? Well, the same as it costs as Orlando Brown. What does it cost to trade him in the draft? The same as it costs to get Orlando Brown. It's expensive. This is why I think the, the tag route again. I know it's, it goes up because you buy yourself tagging. a year. This is the NFL PA, the way the system sets up. This is actually kind of, this is clearly the advantage that the club has, as we know, the way the system is set up. Where you could you could avoid having to give that extension. You could drag it out for one more year until you feel like maybe you're you have a better option going forward, both financially and where you're at draft class wise. Let's also keep that in in mind when we're talking about their decision. It's as much as it is also about Orlando Brown himself and his play. What they decide to do either with contract or tag again in the offseason will also be predicated on what their scouting department and everybody in that front office believes, Cody, and yeah. and the type of talent that's coming out of the draft. We know when you're drafting twenty eight to thirty two with some of these key positions, left tackle being one of them, you're not finding your starting left tackle heading into next season at pick 29. Like you're not, not I'm, consistent, you know, not that you can't ever, I don't want to say like trade. You're going to have to trade up significantly if you're going to do that. And maybe that's something they're willing to do. We know the year that they traded for Orlando Brown Jr. They clearly did not feel that that was an opportunity for them. So they traded that first round pick to get Orlando Brown Jr. And it's looking like they're going to get two, three years of, starting left tackle play out of that trade. I still have no problem with the trade whatsoever, but the same scenario from this past off season is going to play out again with Orlando Brown, unless it results in a tag and trade that also some other team might be willing to pay him. Cody, maybe you get some more draft picks back in that scenario. Then you do have the draft capital to maybe go. I just, I don't think they're starting a rookie left tackle next year, unless you tell me it's the guy that they traded they up and got a top 15 pick. I, I think don't it just think- depends. Like, so like Christian Darisaw is one of the best left tackles in the NFL. He was taking like 23. Um, where was Trent Williams taken in the draft? He was up near the top, right? Trent Williams also turned out to be a generational left tackle, but yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I'm, look, I was just looking up um, pro football focus grades and deciding where they're draft. Cause I think it's a little disingenuous to say you're never getting a, Guy. Now, Trent Williams is taking fourth overall, right? You had to go <laughs> way with Christian Darren saw, okay, you got to go all the way down to 23. It depends largely on where these guys end up, right? Typically, yes, you have to be somewhere near the top of the draft, but it's not all the time. And your job, because you take a lot more swings at 23, is you should be able to find viable starters out of those positions. Because you could say, hey, top in corners are normally in the top 10 as well, but maybe they found a really good yeah, starting thing corner we're not, at 21 and Trent McDuffie. One thing where, like, I know you mentioned Christian Darisaw. The one thing we're not mentioning is this is his second year, okay? So this year, he's having a great year. Looks like a stud for them. Has, didn't give up a sack yeah. until two weeks ago. So that's fine. That's that. That's not what I'm saying, though. <laughs> I said, do you want a rookie left tackle starting? Christian Darisaw, you give me where he was drafted, and he turns out to be good. That's the long-term Here's, play. You're right. He's drafted in the 20s. That's great for the long-term I don't think Christian Darisaw was starting left tackle playing as well as he was his rookie season. That's my concern. You got a half a billion dollar quarterback. If you want to draft a left tackle and, and then say that he's ready to go in year two and can be that guy. Sure. I'm saying, do you want to go into next Here's, season with a rookie left tackle that was drafted in the twenties or was, or yes. drafted period? Well, I, yeah, I because, don't. I don't. because I think if you take a left tackle in the twenties, you can get average left tackle play, which is what I'm getting now. I think I'd feel a lot different about this if Orlando Brown Jr. was playing even above average, but he's not. Yeah, this goes back to... I'm trying to get average left tackle play. That's less... We used to talk about what it was like to get really good left tackle play or that, but that's not what we're talking about with Orlando Brown Jr. We can't conflate how he's playing at the moment. We're looking for, can you find a replacement level left tackle? That is an easier assignment than even the conversation we were having last year, which when we were looking for 
the long-term permanent answer at left tackle, which we're still not sure we have. That is a harder thing to find. Relative left tackle play, average left tackle play, which is what we've gotten for a large majority of this season out of Orlando Brown Jr., that's less difficult to find. That you can find out of a 23rd drafted overall left tackle. You and I always just did. This is like just a fundamental difference when it comes to optimism on finding talent outside the organization. You and I just frankly just disagree about the guy that's played versus the guy we haven't seen. This was the same conversation to a smaller extent earlier this year. We had about Andrew Wiley or the guy that's a third string right tackle. He might be better. I haven't seen him fail, so he might be better. I haven't seen the guy they would draft at 23 overall, so he he automatically can at least give me average play. He could also be a complete disaster and a bust, and they have no left tackle. You're viewing it. I'm viewing it more on the negative end. This is one of those rare times where we're flipped. Your view is viewing it from the most optimistic end that they can get average play. That automatic, They draft one at 22. He's going to be average as if they're there's no scenario where that guy just flat out sucks. No, but I mean, in, in the Orlando Brown case, there's probably no longer a chance that he flat out sucks, but he's going to cost $144 million. That's why you tag him. Cody. So there's a chance that's that contract you, that's you, sucks. That's why you tag him. Like there's a chance that the deal sucks. Tag him. Like that buys you a year. I don't hate. Look, of all the choices, uh, that'd be my second one. Walking away or tag and trade is probably one. Tag and let him play is somewhere on the list. Walking entirely. Is on my list. I can live with it knowing that I got two years as a mediocre left tackle play in Nick Bolton. It's not a perfect trade for a first-round pick, but it's not a bust. It's not a mess. I would love to know, and I, we haven't done this deep dive yet. It's December, for crying out loud, and this team is is on their way to the postseason and has a chance to win a Super Bowl. But I have no idea what the offensive line draft class looks like this year. For all we know, Cody, it's a terrible one. It could also be a great one. Well, last my guess is my guess yeah, is it's not my guess is it's not a great one. I did see some news this past weekend that the best tackle that teams were excited about, now you'd have to draft them top five, but the best tackle from Penn State has decided to stay in college. Point is I don't there might not even be that like, it might be a terrible class for tackles. I have no idea. That also can complicate and change the thought process for what the Chiefs Look, have to do. He still has value. There's no reason to just walk on him. Like, he has value to somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even care if someone give you a third to pay him or to keep him under the franchise tag for the year. Like, someone might still pay you that. It's not like just walking on him is probably not wise because he does have he does have some kind of value. But, I mean, left tackles, tackles in general, left and right tackle, because some of this is, can you get your franchise right tackle at 23? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. No, that's, 31, that's yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, well then, fine. We're going to piecework, piecemeal together left tackle for a while again. I know it's not great, but like there will be weaknesses on any given team at any given time. And honestly, a lot of times if I'm the Chiefs is I don't want to settle. This is like for an important positions, screw settling for mediocrity because they did that at quarterback for a long time at left tackle, defensive end, corner and quarterback. It's not cool to just be like, well, he's fine. So I want to stick with it. No aim for great. Because those are the positions that will win you Super Bowls. Being great at those positions. Not having an yeah, average a, left tackle. A, aim for great, but also great may not be available for you yeah. for the spot you're in. Like, we again, we assume that it's just go go, go get the great guy. No, Just go get him. How can you get, go get the great guy? The great guy may not be an option for you when you're picking 29 to 32 and you have the current they spend, situation. They spend the 7th or 8th. I can't remember the exact. Like, I looked up the list the other day. They're 7th or 8th most in the offensive line in the NFL this year. Joe Tooney's number is about to balloon big time next year. I'm guessing they're going to have to rework that bad boy. We'll talk about this more with, with Nate Taylor. And then a lot of this discussion is going to continue into the off season because it is going to be one of the big questions that they're going to have to have uh, answered. All right, let's get to the random question of the day. Random question. Random question today brought to you by the window source of Kansas city for you gold, Nick, and over in the text line, nine, one, three, five, eight, six, seven, six, 10. Have you, or do you often 
self-diagnose medical diagnoses when viewing on the internet. I'm asking this specifically really for Nick, who said he has diagnosed himself with, I think, something he called exploding head syndrome. Which sounds terrible. Exploding head syndrome? Did Guys, you go it's a web, real thing. You went WebMD? It's a real thing? Did you thing? go WebMD to diagnose? Did you go to a doctor? Did a doctor diagnose you with this? This is, this is... HIPAA? This is so incredibly HIPAA. <laughs> so, uh, was this a WebMD find? So, this is something I've been dealing with for a couple years. Um... Not a couple years, probably. I mean, it happens about once or twice a year, and it's been happening for probably the past decade, Hmm. where you're trying to go to sleep, and you're, like, on the verge of falling asleep, and then all of a sudden you experience this very intense vibration in between your ears. It's not painful. It's just, like, vibration, and it gets faster and faster and louder and louder, and then you sort of go into this weird in-between dream state, but it like it pressurizes your head, and it feels like your head is like, it's this weird sensation of feeling like mm. your head's going to explode, which is why they call it exploding head syndrome. It's not, pain, it's not painful. It's a, it's I a think halluc- you have to go to a doctor. A doctor told me no, I had listen, a superbone. It's a hallucination. Mm. Like, it's not real, and usually you wake right well, up That's what I was going to ask, Nick. I mean, do you, when you said it happens once or twice a year, on those specific nights, did you partake in anything different no this happened two nights ago and this is why it's come up because i came in yesterday <laughs> and i was on a, i was on a i was like deep into it like doing research because it's really weird it's not like oh, it sounds very weird yeah it's not uh it's not like bad but it's annoying because you can't it's yeah. really tough to fall asleep and i know that there's like people who say that like it's it's a kind of like a hippie loud, thing. It's kind of like a hippie loud thing. noises and stuff. Because or? a lot of people say like that's when you can go into like lucid dreams and like do sort are of. Are you like, getting like out of body experiences here during this? Sort of. It's just like you think things are happening that aren't. Like I, I always wake up because I feel like I'm hearing sounds in my apartment. Like I feel like someone's breaking into my apartment or things like that. that sounds terrible. But this then you wake. But then you wake awful. up. But then you wake up. And you realize that there's nothing wrong, and then you go back to sleep, and then it happens again. And then it just happens over Just and for, over. like, this one night for randomly. Me, and I, a lot of people feel like they can control it. Like, they can, like, go into these lucid dreams and control their dreams and do all sorts of weird hippie this stuff. This says... I can't do it. Feeling huh. frightened or anxious. That sounds like something that's happening. It says sometimes you experience a sudden muscle jerk at the time of the episode. Does that occur? A muscle jerk? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> I'm just asking. So sometimes you wake up sweating, have a rapid heartbeat, or trouble breathing. There's also another thing called hypogosia, I believe it is, Um, which is sort of the same idea. Um, (laughs) It's like you're basically stuck in this transition between being awake and being asleep, and you can't really get to either one fully. Text line says the Matrix is going on here. Yeah, pretty much, (laughs) pretty much. Um, Text line also saying too much weed. Too high weed. No, I don't think it's uh, brought on by any substances. Have you had any other diagnosed sleeping disorders? Did you, like, sleepwalk as a kid or something? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You just got weird sleeping stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, I do. I do. What's, what the hell? You must be terrible to sleep in bed next to. Yeah, what, I was going to say. What, constantly what's, having these giant exploding head problems. I, was ask, I don't know. Sleepwalking. I was going to ask, yeah, what, what your girlfriend thinks of this. Well, we're not married, so we don't sleep in the same of bed. Of course, of course. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Of course not. Of course not. That's right. How foolish It's like me. the Cleavers. It's just Nick has two twin beds set up in his place <laughs> when she comes over. Oh, man. <laughs> Someone says uh, they're 41. They're putting off going to the doctor because I'm afraid of what they're going to tell me. So people well, what are, are you afraid of, sir? Or you're ma'am? just falling apart? Yeah, like, was there something specific that you're 
needing to get diagnosed for because being afraid of what they're going to tell you is not a good reason to not. I know go there's to the plenty of people like that though. They they are like really fearful that they're going to be told something's wrong. I know it sounds like. Wouldn't ass you back- like yeah. to know something it was sounds, wrong? It sounds ass backwards, but there's plenty of people that have that thinking. Like they're see, they I'm are the opposite. Of- if I go to the doctor and I'm feeling like, oh, like my chest is hurting or something, and yeah. they tell me nothing's wrong, that almost makes me mad. It's like, no, 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 there's something wrong with me. Come on. I don't feel good. Come on, doc. Give me something. Maybe you just need some anxiety medicine. You sound very stressed. Now Cody's, now Cody's diagnosing him for... <laughs> Isn't Dr. Wow. Tap over here? <laughs> no, He's I'm diagnosing not. himself? No, well, I'm that's just... it's his own body. He can't. He can do that. You, you're over here trying to prescribe a medication, basically. <laughs> Papa's annex before bed. No, no, it's uh, it's weird, man. It's uh, it's kind of at first it's, at first I thought it was really cool because I was like, oh, maybe I can control my dreams. But then I realized ah, I'm not mentally strong enough to do that. That's so wild. instead they're just nightmares of people breaking into your yeah, house. Yeah, I'm just like, whoa. That's is there a treatment? Huh. I don't know. Not really. He's kind of just. Ha- he's kind of. Based to- on my research, it's no, because it only happens like once yeah. or twice a year. I don't need to be treated for it. It's not happening every night. Hmm. I, that's the random question of the day. Really, it was like I don't really self-diagnose. So again, not very again. Often. Not random at all. Just totally <laughs> pointed towards me. That's only occasionally. Happens. Someone says that they think what Nick is experiencing happens more when you don't smoke. Actually, back to back text. You're not smoking enough. So back to back text. Smoke more. Way too much weed. Next text. Not <laughs> enough weed, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so which is it? What do I do, guys? Do I smoke lots of weed or smoke no weed? I think the medium kid, amount. Just the right amount. Goldilocks. Just, <laughs> just, right. just the right amount. You gotta find that perfect balance, Nick. Just somewhere right, right in the comfortable middle for you is probably the way to go. Hmm. So one other person on the text line said that they had the same problem. So you're not the only issue. Well, How I'm many sure, people does I'm this sure affect? Not. Yeah, I'm sure it's not. If I there's an official name less for it. than 10% of the population is affected by that this. That still feels like a large percentage. Like if it's 8 or 9% of people that are dealing with this, because I've never had that issue. I didn't sleepwalk. I don't have, I mean, I have trouble sleeping sometimes, but none of, not because of exploding heads or sleepwalking. Gold, how about you? Just like a rock? What would, straight you guys do? No what would you guys do? Yeah, if pretty you've... good. I don't really, I definitely don't have the sleepwalking. If stuff. I didn't show up at work one day and then you found out that like my head exploded while I was. <laughs> but that was, we didn't realize that it literally meant your head You'd could explode. You'd feel pretty bad, wouldn't you, Cody? That's such an intense name, by the way. Like somebody was <laughs> like, like, yeah, come up with one, a better name. One time someone went to the doctor years and years and years and years ago. And they're like, what? It kind of, it kind of feels like my head's exploding. Oh, you know what? We're going to call it that. Exploding head syndrome. Hey, do you have any Tylenol? I have an exploding head. You're like, that's too crap. Just say headache. It's it's too much. Too big of a word. Coming up next, we get right back into the Kansas City Chiefs with Nate Taylor from The Athletic. We'll ask him about the scenarios with Orlando Brown Jr. and also what he thinks the Chiefs have to do the next go around against Cincinnati. There's Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour every day at 1130. On your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.